Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every single Monday. And hosted by us. To celebrate our 100th episode, we are recording live from NASA's JPL in Pasadena, California. Yes, JPL stands for Jet Propulsion Laboratory, in case you don't speak space acronym. Mm -hmm. Longtime listeners might recall that JPL plays an important role in the Christina and Kate origin story. Uh And we've had two previous JPL guests on the show, Bob Akfordowski and Sasha Simoshina. Yes, and today we are thrilled to be visiting the studio with a capital S at JPL. studio is kind of like JPL's in-house creative agency, which makes this group a remarkable intersection of STEM and the arts. And also a place we just want to hang out all of the time. True story. We're joined by five visual strategists, David Delgado, David Levine, Liz Delatore, Lois Kim, and Dan Goods, who founded the group. We get to learn more about how they partner with scientists and engineers to help them, quote, think through their thinking, we love that phrase, as well as 
communicate both within NASA and with the public about the incredible work that JPL is doing. And we get to dig into some of their awesome projects, including wearable tech for astronauts, installations that visualize live communications from the Deep Space Network, and a sound experience that reflects the movement of NASA's Earth Science satellites. We had the best time at the studio, and <laughs> so did Steve, our producer, who came with us. Uh-huh, yeah, Steve, what did you think? It was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well done. Uh, Christina, let's blast off, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Hi, Christina. Hi, Kate. Hi, visual strategist at the studio <laughs> at JPL. Hi. Hi there. Hi there. Welcome. So this is a particularly special episode. Uh, yes. Long-time listeners or anyone who read the title of this episode will know this is number 100, which yes. is kind of amazing. And um, we thought we'd come back to where it all began at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, if you don't know that story, go back and listen to episode two. It's a pretty great, great story about how this all went down. It's true. And honestly, that being out of the equation, I, I couldn't think of a better place for us to be for this episode. We are in full geek out mode with you guys today. Uh, we are in this really awesome, can we describe it as a, a trailer? How would you describe it, Dan? It is, it's a palace. It is a palace. <laughs> but it's a palace from the 50s or so. And it's a, it's on a wheels. trailer. On wheels. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's a mobile palace. It's a mobile palace. That's exciting. Triple wide palace, they call it. Extra special. Remember in high school when uh, they had overflow? Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of what we're in, you know? <laughs> but, but you've made it your own. You've really quite um, decorated it within an inch of its life uh, in, in a great way. I mean, yeah. that's a positive thing. Yeah. It's funny because we we have um, a lot of engineers and scientists and guests who come in, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're, like, all excited to dive into whatever we're doing, uh, but we realize that we need to leave, like, five, ten minutes Mm -hmm. at the very beginning because people are looking around all over the place wanting to touch stuff, and they're not (laughs) not listening to a word we're saying. So we kind of realize that, oh, yeah, they they want to see the little sign that says NASA top secret plans on the (laughs) three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk. This one does look very different than all the other offices here on JPL. They're all very, like, you know, cubicles and labs, whereas mm. here is more of like an open collaborative mm. uh, place where we can pin things up on the board. We have blackboards all over with references and fun little materials here and there. And so when everyone comes in, it's like it's like a wow moment for everyone else. And so we. Yeah. I mean, it really is. You know, you have an idea in your mind when you think about coming to the studio at JPL. And I have to say that so far, you guys have surpassed <laughs> what that even looked like in my brain. So far. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Not to put any pressure on you, David. <laughs> I feel like if you looked up really cool job in the dictionary, visual strategist at the studio at JPL would, would be the definition. Um, but let's kind of start by answering the question that you guys must get asked a lot when you tell people your job title or what you do, which is, what do you do here? Uh, so this is Dan Goods, and um, I lead this amazing group of awesome artists and designers and thinkers and makers, and and we do a whole bunch of different things, but we're sort of like a little creative think tank within a city. So JPL is about 6,000 people, and uh, we're like a little creative uh, think tank within there, and we do anything from helping, uh, we, we use these phrases, one's called helping people think through their thinking, Ooh. and so we're not... 
uh, we're not math people, right? <laughs> um, we're, we're not scientists and we're not engineers, but we ask questions that maybe their peers don't ask. Mm. And so we run a lot of brainstorming sessions and we uh, try to make connections between things that maybe other people might not have made connections between. And, and hopefully through the whole process, they get a, a deeper understanding of the complicated projects that they're working on. And then we use this other phrase that we love. It's called sneaking up on learning. And it's all about creating something that's uh, uh, beautiful, mysterious. It, it, it's, uh, it's drawing you towards it. And when you get there, uh, whether it's a physical thing or it's something online that you're, uh, you're, you're asking questions, what is this thing? And then you're in the mindset for learning. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So um, I have to ask the two fabulous women at the table, because you both have art degrees from uh, a college just down the road. Um, Did you go there with the intent of ending up at JPL as a visual strategist? Or was it just lucky that, you know, you were a couple blocks away? Do you want to go first? Um, Yeah. So, um, hey, this is Liz. Uh, So my background, uh, I went to Art Center thinking that I wanted to to work in movies. (laughs) So I designed, my whole four years there was designing characters, vehicles, and environments for feature film animation. And um, actually, towards the end of my, my undergrad career, uh, one of the mission managers at, from JPL, we're five minutes away from Art Center, um, he went down and asked if anybody wanted an internship. I was the only one that raised my hands. What? And <laughs> I, oh my both gosh. hands. I was like, me! <laughs> you go running me. towards him? <laughs> yeah, I was like running towards him. Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, and so at the time, I kind of vaguely knew what JPL was and mm-hmm. their relationship to NASA, but I didn't really know, like, you know, as an artist, I was kind of there to my whole four years is art and drawing. And so I didn't really know what I was getting into. <laughs> um, but it was great. And uh, so I ended up being like the lead designer for a little while as um, for the U.S. Rosetta mission, which is a mission where we landed on a comet for the first time. So there's no big deal. Comet spinning at 40,000 miles, some crazy amount of you know, RBMs. And um, they landed this little fillet lander. It's a little tiny spacecraft that harpoons itself to the surface of the spinning <laughs> thing before the comet is on fire. And um, because we'd never seen a comet before, like without the tail. And so this was like our first time doing that. And um, as their lead designer, I got to kind of help imagine what a terrain might look like because we only had one pixel of an image of this comet, which is really crazy. And um, but we had all the science and all the scientists. There's maybe like 20 scientists discussing and arguing as I'm in the room about, <laughs> like, what do these culminated jets actually look like? And I would um, ask questions to kind of get answers from them. So helping them think through their thinking kind of. Mm-hmm. So um, do these jets look like when you steam water or boil water on a stove? Or does it look like a fire engine steam? Mm. And, and in either case, they're like, no. And some scientists were like, yes. you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually, so we went through like 20 iterations using the uh, film, my background in film, and mm-hmm. stitching together set pieces. Um, so we st- took photos of things that they said this comet might look like, so like a dirty snowball or a dirty ice cream ball. And um, <laughs> I literally took photos of ice cream for like 20 minutes. Like, I literally went and took photos of Oreos. Did you eat the ice cream yeah. after? Dirty Absolutely. Dirty ice cream. There was an Oreo, Oreo yeah, ice cream. Yeah, the Oreo ice cream, yeah. <laughs> it comes dirty. It, it yeah. just yeah. comes kind of dirty. And yeah, it turns out like after 20 iterations of back and forth with scientists, not just here, but at the European Space Agency, because it's an ESA mission as well, mm-hmm. um, they... Um, the last iteration actually was like was pretty good so and um we got pictures finally just like maybe three years ago and they look exactly like (sighs) almost 
they're pretty similar. So okay, so like, what? <laughs> so you're studying at Art Center, and then flash forward not very long, you find yourself helping to visualize how to land on a comet to harpoon a comet. <laughs> harpoon a comet. <laughs> so I'm so fascinated. Lois, was JPL also on your radar? And and for all of you guys, Dan, David, David, thinking about where you were, we'd love to hear where you were before here and, and if it was a culture shock or if it felt like an organic next step to you to join the team here. Well, so for me... Um I have a background in graphic design, and before coming to JPL for full-time, I had four months period of time where I can was able to freelance. And I've always thought of myself freelancing in the motion industry um, as a motion designer, so designing for um, animations that will be for uh, any commercials or movie spots or you know movie trailers and things like that. Um, and so uh, that's what I thought I was going to do. But towards the end of my graduation term, um, I took a class where it allowed me to venture into more diverse um, ways of using graphic design skills. So not just uh, flat on you know screen or printed things, but using that skill to go on to something more interactive or a physical forms and things like that. And that really fascinated me. And so I knew I wanted to focus more into that industry without knowing what that would be. Um, And after I graduated, I got a call from Dan. I actually got an email from him and I still remember the title. It says, Howdy from NASA JPL. (laughs) And I was like, this has to be a prank or something. Like, why... Why would I get an email from NASA, right? And so, Howdy is definitely a spam word. Exactly. So, so I actually didn't open. He doesn't know this, but I actually didn't open the email until like a couple of days later because I didn't know that it was real. Um, and, and I was also, after I graduated, I just wanted to kind of get out of this place. I went to Australia visiting my family. Mm. And I was, I was in Australia as I saw that email and I was like, is this real? And I looked everything up and I was like, Dan Goods is real person. <laughs> um, and James, yeah. And, and so I was like, this is, this is so cool, but why would they contact me? Right. Cause I didn't think that, um, JPL had a space for creative designers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we started talking and um, I talked to the th- team through Skype and just kind of ran them through my projects and showed them what I've been working on and what I plan to do and things like that. And um, he's like, come for a tour. And so after I came back from they my travel, you with the tour. <laughs> yeah, after I came back from my travel, I came here for a tour and I was just so blown away by what JPL was doing, but also how design was helping them, helping engineers and scientists to do their mission. Mm-hmm. And I've also saw that the studio was working not just in graphic design or any one, one sorts of design, but it was expanding in many different ways. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I so want to be a part of it. And um, that whole process took four months. And so during those four months, um, I was able to still free freelance at different motion studios to just kind of get that experience that after college and yeah it's been four years since I've been a part of the studio here and um, there's so many I think all my projects are very different from one another which which keeps me very exciting um, because it's never boring every every project has different problems and different things that we need to solve and Every client is, is also different. Every end result is also different. And the reaction that we get from our clients and people from public is also amazing to, to see and experience afterwards. So, 
Before we continue this amazing conversation with our guests at JPL, we want to give a shout out to one of our awesome sponsors. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage, for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. 
every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. I'm so curious for David and David and also, Dan, how how you guys made your way here and how you, I'm guessing, had a hand potentially in, in building your team. But how did you guys end up on the team? Well, um, it's pretty much I would describe it a domino effect from Dan because he can tell his story about how he got here, which is crazy and hilarious. <laughs> but um i'll i'll skip that and fast forward to (laughs) to the different story that involved me is that um so dan and i both went to art center college of design together Uh, we started together and we were in different majors i was in the advertising program dan was in graphic design we'd always loved like crazy ideas and just trying to approach things from like a different perspective that you know that felt new or it felt different a different way to catch people's attention and so um, Dan, I, you know, had, was really, I think, more focused on uh, working in the sciences. I just love ideas. I love big ideas. And, um, you know, we'd been working on things not only in school, but, um, you know, Dan uh, had an opportunity here to create his own job as the arts, uh, artist in residence. Um, you know, he would invite me over to come spend some time and just think about things with him. And, um, it quickly dawned on me that, um, this is the place for me. I mean, (laughs) it was nuts. So you go down, you go down to the coffee area where people are, you know, three o'clock. That's the coolest place on lab to be. You just turn around, ask anybody. It's like, Hey, what are you working on? You know? And, and you know, the answers that you'll get will blow your mind. I think the first person I talked to was was a, a, a woman who I'm like, hey, what are you working on? She's like, oh, I'm building a drill for Venus. I'm like, I don't even know what that's about, but can I help you? You know, I don't. It's like, what do you say? It's just the weirdest things. And so, um, that's a new podcast, I think. I what know. are you right. working on? Yeah, what are you yeah. working on? The oh, yeah. my God. It's such a great JPL podcast. That would be yeah, it would be. It would be. And so, yeah, that really kind of hooked me. Um, and so I. You know, um, started working here with Dan when he was, you know, he was alone, and and we got a chance to work on a few things together for a short time. Um, but I also love education, and so I switched quickly over to um, the Mars program mm-hmm. uh, because the studio wasn't a thing yet. Dan was still building that, you know, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but I worked on this project called Imagine Mars, which I fell in love with because um, I love art, I love science, I love design. And I love kids. And so um, I would travel around the country and, and get kids to imagine what it would be like to live on Mars in the future oh, wow. and then pair them with scientists and engineers from NASA and um, have them brainstorm together and think about what could be, 
you know what could the future hold in that place like what would you design for it how would you survive there what types of things would you bring there so it's sort of like what is meaningful in life mm -hmm. for them um in on top of all of these design oriented things and um it was just really fascinating to to be a part of all that and work with kids all over the country mainly underserved kids mm -hmm. and then i had a chance to join the team again about five years ago and um it's great so i went from you know working with kids a lot and getting them to like you know express their ideas and build up their ideas to coming here and um really kind of putting it to practice yeah this is amazing i'm starting to catch a theme of art center as oh, a, a feeder i will break oh, that okay, okay. i will break that um so I'm, I'm actually the newest member of the team i guess i've been here like year and a half now but oh. probably about two and a half years ago, I, email, I emailed Dan and said, howdy. Uh, so I spammed Dan. Wait, uh, did, did you know that was the keyword? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. we, had a, we okay. had a thing going. Okay. Um, no, I, um, I saw the KCET thing, and mm -hmm. Dan hadn't even seen it yet. Um, but I, I saw this, and I was like, that is just the craziest job in the world, visual strategist at JPL NASA. And I'm like, that is just amazing. And... Uh, reached out to Dan and you know he responded <laughs> thankfully thank you oh, uh wow. but uh you know my background I kind of just going backwards I went to University of Michigan um the, the only non the I only mean, non oh, I'm from Michigan? Lansing but awesome. yeah, yeah. I used to live in Brooklyn yeah. huh oh so, wow. yeah cheers, cheers. <laughs> uh, but uh I okay so my junior year in college uh like an advisor reached out to me and they're like you know you kind of got to pick a major <laughs> and uh I was taking all the classes that interested me so I was mm -hmm. taking philosophy and like you know a lot of art classes mm -hmm. art history etc some science uh that I loved but you know I wasn't going to become a geologist mm -hmm. I found out <laughs> um but I kind of did a mix of all different kinds of you know, just studying a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, really art and music were sort of the two things I was most interested in. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a, I was working in music at school, booking bands. And there's a, I worked with the DJ, I was a DJ <laughs> on a college radio station. And I got a job in New York working for Virgin um, Records. Wow. Um, so I became a creative director in the, the music industry, making music videos and kind of a mix of all different kinds of things. But my whole career is kind of, it, it led from that to uh, doing some installation art, some exhibits, experiential marketing. I don't really have a medium, um, is what I, I like to say, <laughs> but I figure things out. And I, I like to, uh, you know, I'm just really a super curious person. And, you know, space and science and just being around uh, people uh, that are interesting that's really what always drives me. So this is like for me being able to sit in uh, meetings and ask questions and learn something new every day. I'm, I'm incredibly uh, excited to be here. So that's, this is amazing. Work. You get to be a professional creative generalist. Yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah, all that's, I've ever it, wanted. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm so curious to throw it back to Dan hearing all of your stories and where you came from. Dan, of course, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what David teased out to us <laughs> in yeah. terms of you being here, but maybe bringing that um, into answering another question, which is 
what are you kind of looking for as you find this team and build this team based on what feels like a whole bunch of different kinds of creative projects mm-hmm. that you guys are working on at all times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've, first off, we have an amazing team. So <laughs> as, you, as you can tell, and this is just like half of the team, right? Mm, yeah. And so, um, and we're fun and uh, we enjoy <laughs> really hanging are. out with each other and we, um, we push each other and we challenge each other and uh, hopefully, you know, we all get better through the process. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm always looking for people who, um, who like to solve problems and who can uh, solve lots of different kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we work sort of like a little agency within a big city and the kinds of projects we get are all over the map. You know, sometimes people come in and say, I want you to do X, mm. you know, and then you kind of do X. But then other people come in and they say, I have no idea what people, someone has actually said this. They walked in the door and they said, I don't really know why I'm here, but I know I need to talk to you guys. <laughs> and so that means like anything's open, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, being able, some, some people need specific direction mm-hmm. and other people love to create direction. And that's the kinds of people that we need here mm-hmm. is that uh, people don't know what they need. Right. And, yeah. and even though they think they do, um, you're there to help tease out what they actually need. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that may be, you know, something over on this side, and it could be something way over on the, the other side of the spectrum of, mm-hmm. of experiences. And so people who have a big enough, um, mindset for the kinds of experiences that you could help them create mm-hmm. is uh, something I'm looking for. Someone who works well in a team, um, that is very, um, uh, you know, uh, that they're able to um, uh, change at a, at a moment's notice, you know, and, and not and be able to be okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, because we um, things at NASA change all the time, mm-hmm. right? You all of a sudden there's a billion dollar mission, and the next moment it's gone, right? And you got to go <laughs> yeah. do something else, mm-hmm. and um, you got to be okay with that. You got to go, oh, okay, I can see, I can find the positive in the negative, mm-hmm. you know, and and I uh, and then also just someone who who can deal deal with bureaucracy, like mm-hmm. it. Uh, <laughs> Most of the time, most of the time, what we deal with is bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. I know I know it's sad to say, but you know the people who can make it through bureaucracy and still come out with something amazing, mm. like those are special people. And so ain't that the truth? So true. Uh, so I, I have to hear this story. How did you become <laughs> the artist in residence? And then how did you kind of leverage that to build a studio? So um my wife and I drove down from Seattle to look at Art Center, mm-hmm. and um, there's this free, freeway where there's two exit signs, and they're both for the same exit. And one said, Art Center College of Design. And I was like, oh, I might go there. And the next one, it was just a few feet away, and it said, NASA JPL. And I was like, wow, you know, that <laughs> is super cool. Uh, I didn't really know what JPL was. I, I knew that there was something about rovers that had a rover had made it to Mars. Yeah. And I knew something about Voyager was had a record on it, and it was far away. You know, and that, that was about it. Um, but when I when I got there, I um, there are all these different majors, and um, I was in graphic design, and I felt like many of the critiques were about color and typefaces, mm. but maybe not about ideas. And then there was ad students who David was an ad student. They would have these crazy, amazing ideas, <laughs> but they couldn't design anything. Right? <laughs> hey, wait a minute! <laughs> David has gotten way better. He's amazing. So. Better than I am now. So, um, 
uh, and then uh, then there is environmental design students, and that's uh, they're not architects, but they transform spaces. And they sometimes they'll you'll go in a room that all has like one material, like ping pong balls or something like that, and they're just all over the place. And you're like, wow, this place makes me feel, and I love that, right? And so uh, I was trying to figure out why well, I love. You know, creating experiences that make people feel. I love big, crazy ideas, and I love to make them beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And so somehow I was trying to figure out how to make all that work. In in the meantime, uh, there was a guy who came from Caltech who was an artist. He was a fine artist, and he was working with scientists there coming up with new ways of visualizing data. Mm-hmm. And whatever he had to say was just mind-blowing to me. And I was like, how do I get involved in this? And um, eventually there was an opportunity for Art Center students to be one of the interns with with Caltech. And they just opened up to Art Center students. They um, Usually if you're at Oxford or Princeton or MIT, you know, then you can get in there, but they opened up for them. And so I was one of the first uh, people from Art Center to get to do that. And I love being around the, the intellectual stimulation of being in a scientific institution. Mm-hmm. And Caltech is one of the best in the world. And then the artist, he had me do these crazy things like, my job was to swim like an otter for half an hour a day to um, to look at the ways in which transparency and iridescence could convey more information. That's a whole nother podcast, uh, right? We could we could talk about this. Swimming like I was, an otter? in fact and so so I was you know, <laughs> I I had, an otter I had swim? to I had to go to the aquarium to watch <laughs> otters swim, but basically it just means, you know, kind of doing flips and stuff like that. Did you have lunch on your back? Like in the pool? <laughs> What was amazing, though, is the guy next to me, I, I remember this, is that, so I'm doing this weird thing, and, and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing research. And he's like, oh, that's great. Well, it turned out the guy next to me was one of the LIGO scientists who just discovered gravity waves, which is, like, insane. But oh, that, my God. So, you managed to hang out with some really cool people. Yeah, was some super awesome people. But at that time, nobody liked LIGO. It was too expensive. They were never going to find it. And so, whatever. But anyway, so, so I yeah, so I, I got done. Um, but while at Art Center, uh, I had this one instructor as sort of this Yoda like figure mm. in in my life, and mm. and uh, he 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 saw that I was struggling trying to make a logo, and he said, "You need to stop being so practical. You need to go have fun because he could tell that I was." trapping myself in practicality and I needed to have fun. Yeah. And he's really good. He's the kind of person that can reach inside your soul, you yeah. know, see it and then show you who you actually are. And here's yeah. my question about that, Dan. When you are someone who tends to be practical, how do you mm-hmm. go about having fun? Yeah, I know. It was hard. It was hard. It still is hard. It's still yeah. hard. I know it's hard to think about. Uh, but it, it really is so so this um, little grocery store, they sell like five hundred kinds of soda and they're all in a glass bottle. So the bottle is the essence of this place. And so um, that's what we're always trying to do is figure out what is the essence of something and some interesting way of communicating that. And so I started to make, I got a bunch of bottles and I started to make little sculptures and light them in different ways. And then I figured out how to get them on a taco truck stand. So as they as it drove along, it would make music. And then um, figured out how to make a pipe organ out of the bottles. A friend of mine had perfect pitch and she could figure out what all the sounds were. And so this is actually what helped me get into JPL because um, they, uh, I, I had – well, first off, that got me to Caltech. The guy said, you're going to do the same thing except you're going to 
do this for helping us understand lots of data. Mm. And I was like, this is awesome. And then, <laughs> um, then when I was done with there, I got to meet the director of JPL and I had two seconds to sell myself. And I said, uh, wouldn't it be amazing to have artists involved in brainstorming future missions? And he's like, that's a wonderful idea. He's a very excitable kind of guy, but he's also very busy. And he literally turned around and went away because he had to go to his next meeting. Great. He, he like, yeah. Is he, that no, a yes? Yeah. He uh, scheduled his day in seven minute increments and that was the end of the seven minutes. Oh, wow. So wow. <laughs> you were done. So I'd been sending my resume in next day air uh, because people don't throw that away. Right. Mm. You And no one will throw away, you know, a next day air letter. And so... Uh, unless you know Some who it's from, you don't like it. So. In this episode so <laughs> well, far, it gets better. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, it gets better is that, um, and this is actually much of my life is sort of accident sort of things happening, but I wasn't around. My wife was around. Um, they didn't have letter size envelopes. They only had gigantic, you know, those gigantic <laughs> envelopes. And so she sent it anyways. <laughs> and so, yeah, we hear the laughing in the corner there. Right? So, but it was still so just like it a, was just a letter. Yeah. piece yep. of paper yep. in, a in a giant envelope. Yeah. next day air. So then I bugged That's him a bit. That's one way to make an impression. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, I had it all planned out, right? It was all planned out. It was totally by accident. So he sent my resume on to someone. They brought me in, and uh, it was actually the group of people that imagine future missions. And so he didn't know who I was. He just knew the director had said, you know, talk to this guy. And mm-hmm. so uh, he said, uh, well, maybe you could do animations for us because we need people to visualize the future. And, and uh I said, sure, I can do that, but I, I don't know how to animate at all. I, you know, but I would do anything to work mm-hmm. at a place like this. But, yeah. but I said, I, I took a risk, and it was actually a moment where um, my wife had, um, we, we just had a baby, and I had a huge debt, and um, <laughs> we were about to run out of money. <laughs> but I said, um, this bottle project is like what I'm passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what did your wife say? She wasn't there, so oh, she right, wasn't right. there. It was just the interview between me and oh, the other right, guy. Right, right, right. So, the pipe organ soda bottle yeah, taco yeah, project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he knew that if I had done some work at Caltech, there must be some, you know, some semblance of being able to do something. Right, right. <laughs> um, but then I showed him that, and he's like, you know, I don't really understand what you do, but I'll give you six months. And so, you know, I got six months and that's turned into 14 years. And uh, again, as David said, it took like eight years before I could hire anybody. But then um, now we have nine full time people and uh, we work with lots of freelancers and and it's been uh, been quite a ride. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. There's so many questions. I also want to play the pipe organ taco truck. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see you do that, Christina. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. 
Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage, for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. 
I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist with Christina Wallace and Kate Scott Campbell. It feels like projects can come from a number of different places, from someone coming into the studio, maybe one of you, you know, I'm sure you have many ideas, one of those ideas takes shape. What does it look like to be here every day? Do you plan stuff out way in advance? Are you taking it day by day? Well, I can start off by saying we always have lots of different ideas and uh, we don't like to throw them away. We like to archive them in our folders or however we archive them individually. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have clients that come up and ask us like, hey, I'm working on this mission or this kind of project and we want to we want to let the public know what we're doing mm-hmm. um, and then we start brainstorming with them as a team and then we're like wait a minute I have this reference from like two years ago mm-hmm. that didn't fit for that project but it will work really well for this project so mm-hmm. we, we always like to keep ideas mm-hmm. floating around mm-hmm. um, and if it doesn't work for one project we like to still keep it in case mm-hmm. it works for the next next project and I feel like a lot of times that helps us in in a lot of our projects mm-hmm. um yeah like one of those ideas that we keep in our back pocket like every time we revisit is the treehouse like yes. we really want a cool conference room that is a treehouse <laughs> <laughs> or anything that's or, a treehouse anything yeah. that is a treehouse that's 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 helping the engineers in mission control work a little um, more seamlessly. Mm. And so we looked at, um, so a lot of, during that project, I was in mission control a lot of the time. So I was down there taking notes, doing my human-centered research stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of talking to people and uh, all of that. And uh, it was a lot more note-taking than a lot of the other projects that I did. So that was like also (laughs) another learning curve. Mm. But also a lot of our uh, stuff is understanding systems and how they work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is the science and technology, but also how do they work as a team down mm-hmm. there in mission control is a whole other thing. So looking at do they turn around and talk to their friend? How do mm-hmm. they email each other screenshots mm-hmm. of telemetry, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really fun. <laughs> so uh, as, an, as an agency within a city, I think as you described it, Obviously, people come to you when they need things, but do you also have some amount of your time or capacity where you can pitch things that you're interested in, in going after? Yeah, well, one one great thing about JPL is it really is a uh, city of entrepreneurs, hmm. and that's really how most of it works is there's just a bunch of people who have ideas, and they're trying to pitch it, and so there's that culture that's here versus um, you must do this you must do that. You know, they're always like, what about this idea? What about that idea? So there's always that culture there. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the work we do is for uh, people who come in with ideas mm-hmm. or they need help with mm-hmm. firm, uh, for one reason or another. But there is a certain pot of money that we have that we're allowed to um, sort of pitch different ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lois just got done with one. It's called Line of Sight. And so we, we get to do that as well. And then I think people are always within the, the things that they already have for us. They're willing and open for better and bigger ideas. Mm. And that's where it's a lot of fun, you know, because I think uh, one great thing about having such a huge range of projects that we work on, uh, people come in for one thing and then they go, wow, oh, look at all these other things. Maybe maybe we could do that. You know, it's like, yeah, let's do that. And many times 
I think we just create the space for creativity. Mm. Um, a lot of times the ideas aren't even ours. They're theirs. Um, but having bounced into us, they're like, whoa, what about that idea? And it's like, that's a great idea. You know, let's go do that. <laughs> Yeah, it it sounds like so much of what you guys do is creative problem solving and and looking at things in a new way. How do you cultivate that? How do you keep flexing that muscle? Is that creative thinking something that you can really learn and train yourself to do? Well, it's kind of funny because this kind of dovetails into the other question you asked too, is what is it like to work here on a daily basis? So I would say like in essence, I I describe us all and I went – as we're enthusiasts for science, science and engineering and space exploration in general. But when it comes to the specifics, I mean, at least I don't know a huge amount about a lot of what each individual mission would be about, right? right? Somebody would come to us and they say, here's this new thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. But the details of what they're actually trying to, to achieve is very complex, right? So yeah. like the there's like a really big curve in just learning mm-hmm. for every single project. So. We'll dive into the information and just try to absorb as much as we can and then really try to break it apart to try to get down to the essence of what's special about that that everybody can understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what, all the complexity and detail is based upon what foundation, you know. And a lot of times what we're trying to do is try to really kind of bring that foundation and celebrate that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get people to think about that and, and have that feeling of, you know, what is it actually like for the, like the person who first thought about that? Like why would they get excited about it? And can mm-hmm. we share that in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so just going through that process is really interesting because – um, you know, it's, it's almost like Dan says this, but it's funny, but like somebody will say, well, the analogy is like, bring me a rock, you know, and, and then you come back and you're like, this is a rock. And they say, well, not that kind of rock. I meant like, <laughs> I'm in a different kind of rock, you know? So going through that process of trying to find the right thing, um, sometimes just branches out into all kinds of other things. And, and that's what we try to do too, is really kind of try to, um, really address the specific needs of why somebody came in, but also sort of expand it and think about what could be. What's the, what are the, are all different ways to sort of celebrate that, that core of why people care about what the, you know, what's going on here. And um, that sort of leads to all kinds of different avenues to address a message or an idea. Well, that's so interesting to me. I I do a lot of improvised comedy in my life, and one of the skills we work on there is sort of A to C thinking. So we'll take an idea, and then we'll go, okay, well, that takes my brain to this place, to this place. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's kind of what you guys are doing is I'm just amazed at how you're able to, you know, work with your imaginations mm-hmm. to take to both, it sounds like, find the essence of something and find the expansion of where that can kind of take you. Mm-hmm. Is that? Well, improv is pretty good. Now, <laughs> yes. I mean, a lot of yes oh, and. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yes and. Yes. Right? Yeah. So we're like, yes, we, we can do our very best at that. We'll try. And have you thought about yeah. this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to add that um, I think a lot of times because it is so deep in the science, so deep in the engineering beyond, you know, what we walk in and understand. And even once they've explained it the 10th time, you're still not sure yeah, right. you fully understand. Uh, but it, it becomes almost like a call and response. It's like yeah. while you're in these meetings discussing things with mm-hmm. the scientists and engineers thing references are popping in my head mm-hmm. that i'm like oh this makes me think of this and just the right. creative process is 
going back and kind of learning about the subject, looking online, and then it just goes a path that might not be natural for the the scientists and engineers mm-hmm. to go there. We're, we go there because that's what we're interested in. We're mm-hmm. interested in art, and we're out there exploring what other people are doing. And mm-hmm. I think that's just part of it is we, you know, if it was a – if it was a brand, everyone's kind of an expert on that shoe or that soda, and they right. have they have an idea what's right and wrong. Yeah. Here, right. we're taking maybe a mission or a concept that's, uh, you know, they know what they want to do, but it's it's really like, how do I go do that? What am mm. I going to hopefully discover? Yeah. But they're not maybe thinking about it in, you know, what will this make me imagine? What is this? Mm-hmm. What could I relate this to? And I think that's where... Um, the beauty of what the studio yeah. does is that's that's natural for us. We're just creatives kind of responding to what they're telling us. Mm. And, um, you know, it takes us in a, a you know, a, I don't know, just takes us down other roads. It just, it reminds me so much when I first started to learn to write code. Um, and anytime I got stuck, uh, my teachers always say, well, explain it to the rubber ducky, right? Like <laughs> yeah. walk the rubber ducky through your thought process or what you're trying to do or, or you know, why it's not going anywhere and, and usually the rubber ducky, the rubber ducky is, is just like <laughs> the, the the thing outside of your head oh. that like by walking uh. it through in a very you could also like explain it to your grandmother I don't know right we had a rubber ducky yeah. it was like but it was an actual rubber ducky and you're like okay ducky like this is what I'm trying to do and by talking through it it mm. often revealed where maybe there was a jump in your thinking or um, you're like oh wait I could go this way, and I hadn't. Okay, just right. nod no. with me on the rubber yes. ducky. Yes. Anyway, not to like. I feel like I am the rubber. Not. Ducky. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say the studio is a rubber ducky, but it, it feels like some of that opportunity to right to be that outsider that says I'm not the expert in harpooning a comet, um, and so I can ask. All of the mm-hmm. questions that maybe everyone else just thinks uh, and assumes, you know, that they yeah. know or that, oh, well, this is how, of course, this is how we're going to harpoon the comet. And you're like, well, walk me through that again. Yeah. Right? Well, that's so funny because when I first got to JPL, I was intimidated, right? Yeah. I, I had less than a three-point GPA in high school. I was not, like, in all these things. And, and uh, you would hear a talk. And there's always all these talks all over the place, and and I have no idea what they're talking about. And so I I leave, and I ask the person next next to me, uh, so what what did they what were they talking about? <laughs> and then the person would be like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You're supposed to know, right? But um, you know, if you've always been the smartest person in the class, you don't always want to ask you know the dumb question, yeah, right? But. Yeah. I have no I, no problem, you know, asking the dumb question. You know? yeah. And so that's a lot of what we do is like, yeah. you know, why? You know, why is this? And, and actually one of the most important questions here is, is why should I care? Because that's not in the science traceability matrix, you know? It does not say why should I, why should the normal human being care? Right. And so I think that's, that's usually because um, they're, they're accustomed to speaking to, their, uh, to the science and, and that's not always to the people, right? right. So it's it's always fun to start with that question and kind of get the you know the kind of what <laughs> you know why should I? of course you should care right <laughs> well no I shouldn't you know <laughs> people care about beans you know you can get them you can get billions of people buy beans from a commercial they've figured out why you should care about it right yeah what what what's kind of neat too is that like some point with any project there's you're clicking it's like you're you're saying something they're they're agreeing mm-hmm. but then. Uh, 
What's also interesting here is because the you know the science, scientists and engineers sometimes they're they're deeper or in a different place with the subject. Mm-hmm. You think you're totally in sync with what the message is, but then they're actually seeing something completely completely you know additive to it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's kind of an evolving evolving process, evolving experience. So yeah, yeah. totally. And I guess just to add to that too is that. Um, Sometimes there's the general notion that scientists and engineers are not creative, right? Mm. Like sometimes that will come out like who knows if that's, you know, populated through stories of the past or whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, is that like it's expected to be creative here. I mean, Mm -hmm. people come Mm -hmm. here to JPL to be creative Mm -hmm. in in the fields of scientists Mm -hmm. and engineering. And I think one of the reasons why it's so great for us to work here is that there's the expectation to do something mm-hmm. that could remotely match anything that they're doing, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, it's like, right. so, but it's also really great from, from that perspective is that uh, we get an opportunity to do things for the first time, mm-hmm. which, which is sort of the norm mm-hmm. when you think about it, when right. you're like trying to land on Mars or you're right. trying to go to a new place, like the technology hasn't been developed yet to do that. So right. the process of getting there is like pure creativity and, the development of technology and all of that kind of thing. And so, you know, um, whereas other places we may try to put something forward and it may get shut down because mm-hmm. it's too new mm-hmm. here, it may go forward and then we have to quickly figure out how to get it done, <laughs> you know, but, right. but with the intent of trying to yeah. get people to think about something new mm-hmm. in a new way sure. in itself. You I know. mean, certainly the phrase, well, that's just not how we do things here, probably isn't that relevant in a place when you're doing new things all the time. Right. I've seen a board <laughs> against the wall that says wearable technology for astronauts, so I need to know more. Well, yeah, so, what are you working on? Yeah, so JPL, um, as David mentioned, is really, and Dan, it's really entrepreneurial. And um, so once in a while, JPL employees get this email for a center innovation fund, which Ooh. means JPL funds cool ideas for research and science things. But it doesn't say it has to be scientists and engineers <laughs> that apply for this funding. And so um, this was our first time being principal investigators on something in the creative role, which is pretty awesome. That's amazing. Um, Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> so, so it was really funny because uh, we, we got this email and I, was, I just read and I was like, okay, that's really cool. And Liz was like, Lois, I think we should, we should apply for this. And I was like, <laughs> do you think we can? We don't have engineering or science background. We don't really know too much about, you know. <laughs> mm. and, and, but then we read the email again and it's basically asking for cool ideas. And so... Um, we have no shortage of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, we always keep cool ideas in the back of our head mm. just for future references. And I've al- always been fascinated by astronauts and what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're at a place where we build technologies and spacecraft and robots, we're like, why Why don't we... Since we JPL doesn't work um, directly with astronauts, why mm. is there a way for JPL to support Johnson Space Center mm. in creating wearable technologies for astronauts for Mars. Um, and so that was basically how this idea came about. And we, we quickly put things together. Um, it was a PowerPoint slide that we had to put together. Uh, that actually took a really long time. <laughs> it's like, be creative, but within this box. Yeah, they're like, we have this system. You guys have to submit in this system. And so that was really hard. Um, but we, we put our ideas together and we submitted it. And there are bunch of other people that submitted for this one-day workshop uh, mm-hmm. funding and um, we 
got an email saying that ours got chosen. And so we were like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is this going, right? Um, and then that that's when... Dan Goods? Is he in... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so that's when we were like, okay, this is this could become real. We need to do more research on who, who can be a potential partner or mm-hmm. people that can help us collaborate, but also at uh, JPL and JSC. Uh, we needed to work with someone from Johnson Space Center as mm-hmm. well. And so we're trying to, you know, figure out who is the right person, emailing everyone, and not mm-hmm. just at NASA centers, but looking at other potential partners outside mm-hmm. of NASA industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it's wearable technology, we looked at other wearable companies that are out out there and seeing who can um, come mm-hmm. support us for the day and mm-hmm. um, we put everything together gathered references and things that we were thinking of and we've sent an email to all those people and we didn't get a no from anyone they all I mean, wanted to <laughs> no one would say they, no they all wanted Astronauts. to be a part of it and so that, I mean so that's that took me by surprise awesome. because as a visual strategist I never thought I could be a part of something like this mm-hmm. or even setting up for a, a big brainstorm like this yeah. in this kind of setting. And so that took us by surprise. And mm-hmm. um, we presented our ideas uh, in person and later on got a call saying that it they will fund it. Oh, my goodness. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, what, what, so how crazy. much funding? Awesome. How long? It was a really small pot of funding. Yeah. <laughs> it was like very minuscule. It was basically just for just a one-day workshop mm-hmm. um, and along with our time for writing a science paper. So we actually have to write a science paper. <laughs> yeah. 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 We we're like Googling, how do you, how write, do you write a science paper? paper? <laughs> <laughs> with with and, lots uh, of imagery. It feels like you ask the right person at the coffee shop. Yeah, right. yeah, you might have some better resources yeah. than Google. Yeah, and we have... Um, okay. What's great is that all of the scientists and engineers here are so supportive, and everyone we've talked to has been so supportive of this new thing. Like, no one really knows what it is, but it's it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so we've been getting a lot of help from our scientists here. Like, how do you write a science paper? But also we're designers, so let's Mm -hmm. make it like a designer. Like, Mm -hmm. if a designer wrote or a concept artist wrote a research paper, what does that look like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, And also also, uh, for our workshop, we actually had two of the astronauts come for the day. (gasps) Really? And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they flew in mm-hmm. from Johnson Space Center that morning. They flew oh in goodness. in their jets, uh, T thirty eight jets. Yeah, what? And crazy. yeah, they came and wild. so we were we were wild. trying to see if we can get one astronaut and if if possible, right? And she uh, Kate Rubens, uh, she wrote us back and said, "Can I bring one more astronaut with me?" See, I like you. Yeah, I mean, when going to JPL, always bring a friend. It was amazing, and so. So not only did we get lots of other cool people in the room to brainstorm, but Mm -hmm. we actually got real astronauts Mm -hmm. and got to hear the real backstory of what Mm -hmm. it really feels like to perform a spacewalk. Yeah, talk about user-centered design. Yeah, what it feels like to be in the suit. And Mm -hmm. we were so surprised that their current suit didn't have a lot of the capabilities that we thought they had. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a really eye-opening experience. And people in the room were throwing out ideas as as they were giving their presentation. They were like, oh, we can support you in this way or we can do this. What about this technology? We're developing this fabric. And and it was just mm-hmm. like a very casual conversation. And that really helps with when Liz and I write our science paper too, is that we're not just you know writing papers with cool, awesome imageries and visuals, <laughs> but we're really backed up by real science yeah. data, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that yeah, was really. Cool. It is important to note we we had someone. So Hollywood is really close to JPL. We're mm-hmm. pretty close, and so it'd be a shame not to leverage that talent, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we had um, a really high profile. Uh, 
designer that worked concept on designer. concept designer from a lot of blockbuster movies come in and um, also kind of keep our brains open. So mm-hmm. to, there were a lot of engineers and scientists in the room. So how do you keep their brains open to blue sky ideas? Mm-hmm. So thinking 40 years into the future, what might that relationship look like mm-hmm. between um also like you know you want the cool gadgets right you want to look i think he said um, yeah we asked one of the astronauts like what what are some of the technologies you wish you had Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. thinking of what's possible like Mm -hmm. what what do you Mm -hmm. want and he said i want to be an iron man um and you know why don't we have an iron man suit for astronauts right and (laughs) so um having having that concept designer in the room brainstorming with us also allowed everyone to think of like the sci-fi industry right now Mm -hmm. that's what people expect it to be mm-hmm. um and I, I i feel like it's it's like this full cycle of sci-fi influencing the real you know mm-hmm. industry as well as industry influencing sci-fi mm-hmm. world so it was like a really really cool I'm surprised they don't want the black yeah. panther yeah okay. i mean that was on our that was on our board actually on our reference board yeah and actually those claws would be really great on ice for your robots mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh ready goodness. to submit for the next one. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. But yeah, so looking at how all of these things influence, um, how can we kind of keep things going in terms of thinking really far into the future versus incremental changes? So I think that was kind of our... Um, and in the end, we um, our, our kind of outcome of this was creating a framework for how JPL technology right now can be used in the future to mm-hmm. help in human spaceflight. And... Uh, also, also um, just looking at what other partners out there are currently mm-hmm. researching mm-hmm. and how that can work with JPL Technologies yeah, and also absolutely. all of that to support Johnson Space Center in making innovative spacesuits for Mars. That's awesome. um, no, we're not saying that we're going to make one, but mm-hmm. it's it's a start of something, right? You're not it's, saying you're not. Just kind of like... You heard you know, it here, folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. just, just kind of having like... A one day, like if anything, um, everyone had fun brainstorming, mm-hmm. and that's not like mm-hmm. not all the workshops look like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. some workshops, yeah, not not all workshops are very very fun. But everyone in the room had a great time, and they all enjoyed their time, and they were all asking when the next workshop would be, which is a great turnaround. Um, and we're still in com- communicating with some of them, um, especially working, talking with astronauts still and updating them on, on our science paper and things like that. And so I mm-hmm. think this is an ongoing process. That's awesome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. So David, tell us about this Grace Project. Is that is that the proper name? <laughs> well, yes, yes and no, yes and no. I, I always make the same mistake. So uh, this project, uh, so the project is a mission. It's called Grace Follow On, mm. and it's called Follow On because it's it's the second mission after the Grace mission. So um, that happened in two thousand two, and and Grace in general, these both of these missions are satellites that are flying around Earth and constantly showing us the movement of water on Earth over time. And um, it's not necessarily ocean water. You can think of ocean currents. Mm. But what it is is that um, there's only a set amount of water on Earth. Mm. And the Earth's water cycle moves it around, right? So right. like the glaciers in Greenland uh, melt and they go into the ocean. Or snow falls on top of a mountain and stays there. And then when summer comes around, it, it melts. Mm. You know, And so then 
that you know goes down into rivers and you know goes into lakes and things like that. So water's moving all the time. And so from uh, the perspective of creating something um, about that, um, I worked with uh, Dave Levine here, and we wanted to just create something that from like the very highest level of get people interested in the mission mm-hmm. and let them know that there's something up there that is showing us where the water is moving. And so rather than go into all of the details, and there's the amazing details of this mission, <laughs> but we just wanted just to um, just show people in a beautiful and memorable way that water moves. And so what we ended up doing was uh, creating the shape of the spacecraft, mm-hmm. since there are two of them, um, and they fly together. Mm-hmm. Um, we made those spacecraft out of LEDs. And so oh, that allowed wow. us to show things on the surface of the spacecraft. And what we show is what we, you know, call it, quote unquote, uh, think that Grace sees. So mm-hmm. Grace sees water move. We're showing water move in slow motion, like 8,000 frames per second. And it sort of just it captivates you just watching it move from one to the other. And so they're joined. And then we, um, we do that in a whole variety of different ways. And so in some ways it becomes this water feature for um, this lobby that it's in here at JPL. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in other ways, it becomes a way to understand um, what the data is that the mission is collecting. And so we overlay that data on top of the imagery of water. And so wow. it becomes more of like it's just a sculptural piece to just talk about that very high-level message is that Grace Follow On is up there and water is moving all the time. And Grace can tell us where it is. That's crazy. That's incredible. I mean, this is reminding me a bit of of what you were talking about in terms of outreach within JPL, right? This ability to say, look, look at what we are doing here, right? And it it feels like that's sort of a a big part of the work that you do is to say, look, literally, here's this incredible visual to kind of encapsulate yeah, work. just on on that note, one of my favorite moments at JPL it was I was showing a project that I'd done uh, to a guy who actually gets to point Hubble at things, like he, <laughs> which is like insane, right? Like he, yeah, he he he'll win a proposal and then he'll say, "I want to look at that," you know, turn Hubble that direction. So, anyways, he he looked down at this this piece and. Uh, I guess he was moved by it because when he looked up, he said, you reminded me why I work here. And like, that's, I I feel like that as much as we help people outside of JPL and NASA, you know, uh, hopefully uh, enjoy what we do and feel like we're doing something meaningful. Mm -hmm. It's great that we get to do that internally as Mm -hmm. well. That's amazing. Awesome. That's so awesome. (laughs) What do you have (laughs) in your hand over there? Um, so this this is a project I worked on recently. So spectroscopy is a way they measure like wavelengths. Mm-hmm. Um, you can measure. You can basically look at things very far away. It's basically a way of looking at different wavelengths. And okay. light is is a wavelength. It's basically a, a, a type of measurement that's used across a lot of different types of missions. So um, speaking to the chief technologist at JPL, he had mm-hmm. a project like kind of to redo a lobby mm-hmm. and. Uh, it evolved into not doing a lobby piece, but creating these glass cubes, which represent a data cube. So oh, the way wow. they kind of look at spectroscopic data, if I'm saying that right, <laughs> is uh, you have sort of a X and Y axis. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of this as a map of JPL. Mm-hmm. And then the Z would be basically going through, you know, nanometers difference of different spectra. Mm-hmm. And each layer shows something, something different. So, um, made these uh, 
out of fused glass. So kind mm-hmm. of took the real data from, you know, a JPL mission mm-hmm. and, uh, each color represents different things on lab. So it's the, the people, it's the Mars yard, it's the different laboratories. And so the idea is like in the palm of your hand, you have <laughs> you know, everything that JPL represents. And, That's you know, amazing. kind of talking about like evolution of ideas, you know, this started as we want to put something cool in our lobby and just mm. talking to, you know, different scientists and mm-hmm. learning about spectroscopy and what it could be and then what a data cube is and trying to understand it then trying to figure out process like what you know mm-hmm. how do i make this mm-hmm. um was just a you know kind of a evolution but it's kind of a cool cool object and where we i made uh three originally and then we started to make more of them and wow. Each one has unique data to it. Do so. they sell them in the gift shop? They do not. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it occurs to me that many of these pieces that you guys have built, you know, you have them as, as um, lobby uh, exhibits and, you know, in, internal art on campus. Does any of this ever leave campus? Do you, do you have art exhibitions that tour? Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's a piece at the Huntington Library, which is nearby, mm-hmm. and it's called the Orbit Pavilion. And David and I worked on uh, David Delgado and I worked mm-hmm. on this project. It looks like a giant seashell, and uh, it's about 17 feet tall and 40 feet wide. And you walk inside, and we have um, uh, sort of a whole bunch of speakers in there. So mm-hmm. it's uh, surround sound on steroids. We like that. <laughs> so we can place a sound anywhere within this space. And we worked with a composer, uh, Shane Mirbeck, and he made a, a voice for 19 different satellites that NASA has that study the Earth. Mm-hmm. And so most people don't know NASA studies the Earth. Mm-hmm. Wherever you happen to hear a sound, if you're standing in the center and you point to that sound, mm-hmm. off in the distance is that spacecraft. Oh, and wow. um, all day long, they move all over the place. And uh, what's really beautiful is it, it's become like a very contemplative space. People go in there and they close their eyes and they, they bring their children in there to <laughs> soothe them. <laughs> yeah, but it's really just um, getting this visceral sense of where all these different satellites are that mm-hmm. you don't see, you don't think about during the day, and you don't even know NASA has them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a little display in there that says, you're listening to the... Orbin, uh, orbiting Carbon Observatory spacecraft. <laughs> oh, it's right there. And then this one's over there. And the International Space Station happens mm. to be going by right now. So That's it's, amazing. Um, it's that is incredible. It is just such a joy to get to live in your world mm-hmm. for an hour, honestly. It's just the most fun. I, we might not leave. We- <laughs> don't, don't. You might have to kick us out. Can we make this just a Tuesday morning thing? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but I, I think... It's time. For the lightning, lightning round. round. <laughs> this is how it'll go. Usually we just have one guest with five questions. Instead, we have five guests with one question. But it'll be a different question each. So you don't get to think about your answer. Okay. While someone oh, else is... We have five questions. We'll just... Okay. So, good luck. Here okay. we go. <laughs> First thing that pops in your mind. We're going to start on this end. Lois, what are you reading right now? Well, I'm currently not reading anything. Every morning I start by going on the CNN and I just watch the news to start my day and see what's going yeah. on elsewhere. Okay. Um, well, I do you have think, any recommendations? I was going to say, I think between Googling science papers yeah. and CNN, your, your cup <laughs> runneth over right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, Dan, what was the last thing that made you go, yes? <laughs> Good line reading. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Wow. Interpret that however you yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we just put together a chicken coop at home. <laughs> and it was awesome. It's a pretty yeah. awesome chicken coop. We just put on the finishing touches here. And it's like, because yeah, I've never made a chicken coop before, you know? I was pretty nervous about it. So I know First this is lightning, so we're supposed to go fast. No, I, I find that actually really comforting to know that even working in this whole space, a chicken coop can also just yeah. floor you. Get yeah. you excited. It's not just any chicken coop. I mean, like, it's a big hunk of things. It looks like your house. Yeah, it looks like our house. Oh, my goodness. Okay, question three, David. What is something else in your personal human Venn diagram that we haven't heard about already? Maybe. Something that you nerd out about. Yeah, I nerd, uh, I, I nerd out about nature. I mean, okay. I love just, uh, I lived in New York for a really mm-hmm. long time and kind of and had none. multiple years <laughs> yeah. trying to find it. tree, I think. Um, but I, yeah, all yeah. my free in time, I drag, yeah. dragged my kids yesterday on like a eight mile hike. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so just uh, water, you know, woods, that, that's, that's where I nerd out. Love it. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, David Delgado. I'm, ready. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to. Okay. This is really a yes or no question, but feel free to give a little bit of a. <laughs> yes, and. Yeah, yeah, feel free, right. to, feel free to yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> exactly. Okay. If Mars is colonized in your lifetime, would you or will you relocate? Okay, so that's a great question. My immediate answer is no. Really? I will. I would not. So I spent a very long time thinking about that question, and my after all of it, my easy answer is is that Earth is a more suitable planet for my happiness. Interesting. <laughs> that on a t-shirt. Seriously. Yes. No. Um, I I love the idea of going to Mars. I love the idea of people going to Mars. I think it's great. But Mars uh, has just about nothing that we all love to spend time doing. Right? Was like going to the mountains or the lake mm-hmm. or all of that. Mountains. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's can't go fishing. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I want to go fishing. I want that option want to be option. there. If I were to want to go, no, but but that's the thing. Mars is is great. I'm a Will huge proponent. Will not relocate. Can't fish. I I'm gonna be the Earth guy, um, on this side of the okay. of the microphone. Okay, that's a great answer. Uh, you know, I'll take so it. All great answers. Guys. Um, you're killing bring it home, now. Liz. Your your last but uh, <laughs> most important question of the lightning oh. round. Give a shout out for a woman doing awesome things at JPL, other than the women around this table. Oh my gosh, that's easy. Farah Alabe, who okay. um, just recently. Recently had a launch with Marco, the Marco satellites. They're mm-hmm. so awesome. So um, she's just a great engineer and has been like just vibing with me on like all this stuff. I love having lunch with her and her work is just amazing. So amazing. Oh my god, you guys killed this lightning round. Yeah, you, good job. You really did. And I mean, you were all the embodiment of amazing. This is where I just want to gush for I know. five minutes. But we I gotta wrap spare this up. all of you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank for, you. This has been an amazing hundredth episode. Thank you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.